Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Let's go Exodus chapter 13 and verse 17. Are you there? Make some noise if you're there. Okay, 17. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. This is a incredible moment where the children of Israel have finally been set free from Egypt. They're pumped. They're excited, it's a new day. They're going on to the promised land, but right off the cuff, right at the very start, God does something incredibly different. We pass over these Scriptures not really understanding the significance of not really what God does do in this, but more of what God doesn't do. That there was a way from where these Israelites were to the promised land, there was a route that they could have taken and this route made the most sense. This route, as we just read, it was the closest route. It was the easiest route. It was the smoothest route to in the natural, to the naked eye, just looking at it as these Israelites would have been. This was the route that they would have been most familiar with. It made the most sense. Why not God? Let's just go here. It's gonna take one, maybe two weeks and we will be there. Milk and honey, grapes, the whole deal, promised land. Let's get there and let's get there fast. Do you ever talk to God like that and wonder why God, why can't we just do this thing and get it done now? Why can't we just go quick? But God makes a decision in this moment that I'm not going to take you down this path that you are so familiar with and this path that you so expect. Instead, I'm going to take you a direction that you did not expect. I'm going to take you a a route. I'm going to take you a journey that's actually going to take a little bit longer. But if you trust me as we walk this together, you will see that my hand is actually upon you and my goodness and my faithfulness is being activated in and through your life. Every step of the way is going to be a different route, a different journey through a route that you did not expect. And what I want to share tonight for us as a church is I want to talk about what it is to navigate new ground. To navigate new ground. We talk a lot about taking New territory, don't we? We love that verse that God said to Joshua, everywhere you set your foot, I'm gonna give it to you. That'll get a shout in a Presbyterian church. If you start talking about taking new ground, we like that, don't we? Because it stirs something in us. Something comes up inside of us because we love the idea of advancing. We love the idea of stepping out of where we are into something new. But I wanna tell you, sometimes when we talk about taking new ground, we forget that in order to take new ground, it often requires new faith. 
That if we wanna take new ground, it's gonna take a new revelation in your life. That if we wanna actually take it and hold it and occupy it, we have to know how to actually not just take new ground, but really to navigate, to navigate new ground. We need to be reminded that we serve a God that loves to do things differently. He doesn't like to do things the same lest we put our faith in the process and not God. He likes to do things differently. This is what I'm talking about in new ground and new ways and new strategies and things that are unfamiliar. This is not just a simple little once-off idea. This is a pattern about of how your God actually does things. All throughout Scripture, God does things different. He's continually doing things differently right from when He became flesh and came in the form of a baby. That they, We expected, people expected the Messiah to come in a certain way, but it didn't. It came different. God continually did things different. Jesus continually did things different. The way one person got a breakthrough was not the way the next person got a breakthrough. He ministered to Zacchaeus. When Zacchaeus climbed a tree, He said, I'm gonna come to your house and we're gonna hang out. But then there was another man that he just laid hands on. And then there was another man that Jesus spat in mud. Let's not pretend that was normal. I know it's Jesus, but it's weird. It's different. It's out of the box. It's not what people expected. If I said to you next week, I'm gonna start my own spit mud ministry, there would not be many people here because that's weird, bro. What are you talking about? Can you imagine being the guy that Jesus spat in the ground and put mud on? Don't pretend like you would wanna be that guy. We would not. It's weird. It's different. It's outside of the box. But if we don't learn how to navigate new ground, we can often miss new possibilities. That what God wants to unfold and open up in and through our life, we have to know as people how to navigate what it is to navigate new ground. Because more often than not, I've seen too many Christians across the years get sidelined, pull away from God, get discouraged, get disconnected and it's not because the devil is so powerful and you're under some supernatural attack all the time. Yes, that can be the case. But often at times I've found that it's just a season that you're in that is different to what you expected. That we thought things were gonna go a certain way and it, and it, it just ended up different. It's new, what do I do here? There's something about the unfamiliar that makes us as people uneasy a little bit. And when we get uneasy, we start to get a little doubtful and we start to disconnect a little bit and we start to back off a little bit. But if you can learn how to navigate new ground, you can actually walk in the new things that God is trying to reveal to you. But we have to actually learn what it is to navigate things that we are not used to, things that are unfamiliar to us. We, we, we too often have this, have this idea that, that comfort means confirmation, that, that if I feel comfortable, that's confirming that I am where God wants me to be, not according to Scripture. In fact, according to Scripture, it's the opposite. It's actually 
discomfort that more often than not is the confirmation that you are where you're supposed to be. Because there's something about discomfort that causes us to reach out to God in a way that we wouldn't if we were comfortable. If we were comfortable, we reach out to our circumstances and our situation and things feel nice. So when God shakes us and rattles us a little bit by putting us in a place that's uncomfortable, it causes us to look to Him for our strength and not our situation. It's what it is to navigate new ground. You remember the story of Elijah. We know Elijah in Scripture. He was a powerful man of God. Elijah was somebody that, I mean, this dude was a prophet. This dude was a preacher. This dude was anointed. This dude had power. This guy had a destiny on his life. This guy had a calling upon his life to do something great for God. And there's this amazing story throughout uh, the story of Elijah all throughout Scripture. But there's one amazing part of it that happens when Elijah goes up on Mount Carmel and calls down fire from heaven and he takes on 450 prophets of Baal. And we know it, it's like this climatic moment of Elijah's life that we love and we talk about. It's amazing, but I wanna show you that not, not, not long before that, Elijah went through this season or this little story, if you like, or this moment, if you like, in Elijah's life, that things, things were a little different. For a man of God that, that is all power, has all this power and has all this authority and he's called to do great things. There's a story in the Bible about Elijah that, that seems a little different. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we know the story, the story of Elijah. It goes like this, when Elijah has just delivered a prophecy, he's delivered this prophecy. His ministry's just taken off. The prophetic ministry, Elijah.com just got launched. He's just getting started. Things are about to take off. It's about to get amazing. People are about to gather. Stadiums are about to be filled. This guy's about to take on 450 prophets of Baal. Things are starting, some momentous, momentum starting to build. But look at what happens. God speaks to Elijah. Then the Word of the Lord came to him saying this, verse 3. Get away from here. That looks like a misprint. Get away from here. You mean back off? God, this thing's just getting started. Um, we're, we're about to blow up. What do you mean? What do you mean back off? It, it sounds like retreat, doesn't it? That's different. That's the last thing you would expect God wants Elijah to do. Is he not the prophet? Is he not the man of God? Why does he want Elijah to back off? Wouldn't he want Elijah to step forward? That God does things different. And he says to Elijah, get away from here. Turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. That is such, we skip over these verses. Think about this. Get away from here. Go and hide. This is God saying to Elijah, I know you're powerful. I know you've got a call on your life. I put it there. I know there's a destiny. I know you've got great dreams, but I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna take you to some unfamiliar ground to build in you a level of intimacy with me that I couldn't do in a place that you were familiar with. 
Because what I'm calling you to do later on in only but a few chapters later, when you're gonna get up on the mountain, Elijah did know this was gonna happen. And I'm gonna take you, God saying to Elijah, and you are gonna go to that mountain and you're gonna walk in power like you've never known before. But in order for me to do that in your life, I need to pull you away from the crowd, pull you away from the people. I need you to even get to that place where you start to even question your own destiny because there's something about the uncomfortable when nobody else is around and no one understands what's going on in your life that will cause you to draw your strength from Him like never before. Is, is, is learning what it is to navigate. The first thing that you'll find that Elijah found at this brook is you will learn as you navigate new ground, you will learn what is the source of your strength. You'll find it in uncharted territory. You'll find it in, 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 in situations that, that you're not used to. I, I don't know what to do here, God. I'm, I'm in a place where I, I'm not sure of, of what, what, what I'm supposed to do. I'm not, I, I don't feel equipped for this, God. I wasn't ready for this. I didn't see this coming. This is where Elijah is and God says to him, I want you to hide by the brook. The brook meaning water. The Bible speaks of water as being something that would describe or be a metaphor, if you like, for the Word of God. In fact, Paul said that we would be sanctified by the washing of water as with the Word of God. This speaks to me of what God is trying to do something, what God is trying to do in Elijah's life that we can learn something from, that it's in these seasons where we are in a place that we are not used to. It's in these seasons where maybe it's not even a season, maybe it's just a road you're going down. Maybe it's a situation that you're in. But if you know what it is to hide yourself in the Word of God and get in the Word of God and learn the Word of God as being the source of your strength, it will help you navigate Navigate through new ground and new territory. God says to him, I've sent ravens there and it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded, look at this, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Ravens, God, what are you doing? Raven, like we read it like it's normal. That's not normal. If you understood biblical time, ravens were not, that ravens were not nice birds. I hate birds anyway, let alone a stinking raven. They're dirty. They're mangy things. I don't want ravens, let alone a raven that's bringing me food. I don't want that food. But listen, God does it different. It's this weird. It's weird. This is weird. He's a powerful man of God. Why are you tucking him away in this little little creek bed with mangy? Ravens, God, what are you doing? You've gone off script here. This doesn't make sense. But all the while, God's saying, I got this. It doesn't need to make sense to you because it makes sense to me. I know exactly what I'm doing. I commanded those ravens and I'm teaching him that I am his provider no matter where he goes or what he does. And I'll use a raven one day and something else the next day. But I'm just showing him something in the dark. And if he learns it in the dark, he'll do what he's called to do do in the light later on, but he's got to learn it in a season now where it's uncharted territory and in a season where he is not used to what it is that's going on around him. It was different. It was new. It was not what he was expecting. But it's in this new ground that we learn what is the source of our strength. In Acts chapter 10, there's a story around surrounding Peter where Peter Peter again, another powerful man of God. Peter is 
Acts, by Acts chapter 10, that the church has taken off amongst the Jewish people. People have been getting healed and, and people have been getting saved. And it was amazing. At this point, Peter sort of knew what he was doing. Someone else who started to develop some momentum. Peter had a few followers on Facebook, getting a couple likes. He was pretty happy with the photos he was posting, a couple of nice selfies, some good filters. You know, a couple of DMs from the ladies. Peter's doing good. He's, he's, he's happy with, with life. He's got some momentum. He's, he's, you know, things are looking good and he starts, 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 to, starts to feel comfortable with where the church is at. He wanted the church to grow and the church is growing and things are looking good. But then it comes to this story in, in chapter 10 when something, something very different happens where there is a man called Cornelius. Say Cornelius. Anyone here, you called your kid Cornelius. Did you call your kid Cornelius? Your kid needs to know how to look after himself. If his, if his name is Cornelius. But Cornelius, Cornelius sends, he sends some servants over to Peter. Cornelius, you need to understand, this was different. Cornelius was a Roman centurion officer. But Cornelius was a good man. Despite being a Roman centurion officer, he was a good man. And he sent some servants over to Peter to tell Peter that God had actually been moving in Cornelius' house. Cornelius was having this little revival, if you like, at his house. But this was so out of the box. If you look at this story and you can read it later in Acts chapter 10, this was so bizarre and so different for Peter that God knew if I do not warn Peter in a vision of what I'm about to ask him to do with Cornelius, this thing is so different and so out of the box. This, this ground is so new for Peter. Peter will miss it if I don't warn him. So God speaks to Peter through a vision and tells him what is about to happen, that somebody's gonna come and invite you basically to come and speak, to come and be a part of this movement of this revival that's happening in Cornelius's house. It's a powerful story. And in verse 29, it says, Arise, therefore go. Go down and go with them. This is God speaking to Peter. And God says to him in verse 20, doubting nothing. If you wanna know what it is to navigate new ground, you don't have room for doubt in your mindset. You don't have room to be starting to second quest, second guess your God and what He's able to do. If you wanna navigate new ground, you gotta believe that God is faithful, God is able and His Word is true. And you gotta take every single step like, you know God ordered it, even though it might be shaky, you keep walking and you keep believing and you don't doubt and you keep sometimes got to preach to yourself and remind yourself that you didn't put yourself there. God opened the door and while you may feel uncomfortable, God does not. He's very comfortable and He knows exactly what He's doing and why He put you there. You don't have time to doubt. You don't have room in your life to be doubting when you are navigating new territory. And God speaks to Peter and says, go and doubt nothing. Say, doubt nothing. For I have sent them. And Peter went down to the man who had been sent from Cornelius and said, yes, I am he who you seek. For what reason have you come? It doesn't make sense. Peter at this point, is, he's a little confused. This is new. 
This is new for him. This is new territory for him. And, and, and Peter gets in there and, and Cornelius comes out to meet Peter. And basically, I'm skipping through it, but basically what happens is Peter starts to preach. He sees the gathering. This right here is the moment where the church breaks out of just being a church amongst the Jewish people to now it becomes a church where it has a revival amongst the Gentiles. And Jesus, and Jesus and Peter preach to the Gentiles at Cornelius' house. And in verse 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, while Peter was still preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the Word. It says, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. They didn't get it. They didn't understand what is going on here. This is new. We have never seen this before. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit Spirit had been poured out on all the Gentiles. This is where the church broke the barrier of the four walls that had tried to keep it within amongst the Jewish people. This is where it broke out, but it happened because Peter knew what it was to navigate new ground. You will find something when you know what it is to navigate new ground. You'll also learn, you will learn when you navigate new ground, the place of your purpose. This is where Peter's ministry went to another level because he was not intimidated by something that he didn't understand and didn't know. He was being led by God and stepped into what was unknown. There are things that God wants to do in and through your life, but more often than not, the breakthrough we're believing for is found on the other side of the unknown. How do you journey through the unknown? It's something about the unknown that keeps us in that place of trusting in God. And lastly, I wanna show you this in Joshua chapter three and keys can come. Joshua chapter three, I love Joshua. I love the story of Joshua. He's just taken over from Moses. The Bible says that they come up to the promised land. They're about to cross over the, the Jordan. They're about, to, they're about to step into new ground. They're about, they're about to embrace a new season of their life. They're about to step into something. That, that, that don't even, they've been following God and God speaks to them. It's, it's, things are about to shift for them. And God speaks to him and says, so it was after three days, God starts to give them some strategy. He says, this is how I want you to do it. This ground for you is, is so new. It's, it's, it's like what you've never known before. So he says, I want you to listen in. I want you to tune in because I want you to do this a certain way. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from the place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before. This is specific instructions and I want you to, I want you to, to catch this. This is specific instructions by God to Joshua on how He wants him to navigate this new ground. And He says, I want you to get the ark. I want you to get the ark. 
And I want you to essentially saying to Him, I want you to follow the ark. The ark is what represents the presence of God. It was the tangible presence of God. But this was what jumped out at me. I've looked at this many times before. It says this, He says, I want you to keep a distance, say a distance. I want you to keep a distance from the ark. And He says this, I want it to be 2,000 cubits. Do you know how far a cubit is? I didn't think so. 2,000 cubits. You know what it is? It's half a mile. That's, that's, a, that's a bit of a distance, isn't it? Come on, that will probably take you five, 10 minutes to run that. Maybe 20, 30 for some of us. It's half a mile, bro. That's a, that's a fair way away, isn't it? I went, I've read this story before and I had this picture. I've just skipped over the 2,000 cubits. I had this picture of the ark being right there and Joshua and his men being real close. It's not what it was, it's half a mile. Have you, ever, have you ever gone with a group somewhere? Like you're going to, to lunch somewhere and, and the group and, and people and you need directions and someone will say to you, don't worry about directions, just follow me. You ever heard people say that? And, and in the moment, it sounds like a good option, doesn't it? Until you get behind that joker on the 405. Hey, and you're like, bro, what are you drunk? How am I gonna keep up with you? You know, you're like following, he's going here and he's going there and you don't know whether you got the right car still or not. And you're trying to call him on the phone and he's bounced off and you're following some other car and you get to some random location, end up having lunch with a stranger just because you've been following this joker for the last 30 minutes. You know, because it's hard, isn't it? This, this, listen, you're trying to follow something God says to them, it's half a mile away. Because if you wanna follow it and it's half a mile away, you gotta be focused on it, don't you? You gotta, you listen, listen, this is what I want you to get. I want you to see it. Joshua, how are they gonna navigate new ground? God says, this is how I want you to go new ground because I'm taking you somewhere that you've never been before, but I'm gonna be half a mile in front of you. So I can't afford for you to blink because if you blink, you're gonna miss it. And I might take a turn and you're gonna miss the turn and you're gonna end up somewhere else that I never wanted you to be. I need you to stay focused on me like never before. How do you navigate new ground? You fix your focus upon who your God is. You cannot, you cannot afford to take your eyes off Him, not for a minute. Your destiny is too great. What God has called you to do is too great. What you are believing for to happen in your life is too great. You cannot afford to be looking to the left and looking to the right. You gotta be focused upon Him. Half a mile, you blink, you blink, you miss it. And there are too many Christians that I've met now 13 years doing ministry, too many Christians that I met and they didn't fall away because the enemy was so big, bad and ugly. They fell away because it was a season of just unsettling. It was a season where they just were not expecting the battle that they were facing. It was a season where they allowed themselves to take their eyes off who their God was. 
You've got to stay locked in through all the distraction, through all the things going on in your life and around you. You've got to stay locked into who He is and say each and every day, Lord God, would You show me? Lord, would You guide me? Lord, would You direct me? And you've got to live this life that says every single moment of every single day, Lord, I need Your presence in my life. How do you you navigate? You've got to navigate new ground. You, you will take it, but in order to take it, you've got to navigate it. In order, in order to take it, you, you've got to know what it is in those moments. God, what are you doing? God, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, what are you trying to, Holy Spirit, what are you, what are you trying to teach me? If we were Elijah being told to go to the go to the brook, we, we, we'd be cursing that in Jesus' Name. We'd be saying, no, I'm not, I'm not going, no ravens, no brook. I'm, oh, there's something great on my life. I believe God's called me to do that. No, no, no. That's where you've got to be listening, saying, Lord, what are you teaching me? What, what are you doing in my life right now? What are you showing me? Too often we are so quick to give the devil credit for challenges that are in our life that more often than not, they're not the devil. It's just different. It's, it's just different. It's, it's, I meet too many people. So you meet people that have been married one year and they're coming in saying, well, we got this going on and that going on in our marriage. It's like, bro, it's not. It's just you were single, now you're married. That's all. All the married people said amen quietly so your spouse doesn't hear. But, but it's just, it's, just it's, it's not the devil. Quit elevating the devil greater than your God. It's just, it's just different. That's all it is. It's, it's just... It's just learning how to marry different, how to manage different. The problem is, is we get this picture. We get this idea of what we want life to be like in every season. That's where Instagram is killing us because we give into this lie that, that what we're looking at on people's Instagram is reality. When it's not, it's a highlight reel. That it, and, and we take this, this picture and, and we think that marriage is gonna be like this and having kids are gonna be like this and we've got it all planned out and I'm gonna get married at this age and I'm gonna have kids at this age and my kids are gonna have nice little blonde curly hair and a little ringlet right here and I'm gonna get them in outfits here on this day and this day and then this day they're gonna wear this and this day they're gonna, and then you get in it and you realise about a couple of days in, wow, this is a little different. It's, it's different. It's different. And then we start saying, I'm under attack. No, you're not. You're just in uncharted territory. It's just different. Don't, don't let different cause you to disconnect because then you will become more susceptible to attack because you disconnected yourself during a season of different. I've met too many people that when they got married, they bounced from church and they'll see you six months later and then they're struggling, not because the enemy's so powerful, it's because you disconnected from the house when you got married or because you got a new job or because you got into a new season and, and it, was, it was just different. I want this to be something that you can take with you because each and every one of us, throughout our life, we have moments where we go down a road and it's hard sometimes. And I'm not saying the enemy doesn't attack us. I'm not saying that the devil doesn't at time come after us. Absolutely he does. But, but sometimes it's just different. 
Sometimes it's just new ground. Sometimes it's just something that I just wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting this. I know different. I left, I left a country, family, friends. I landed in the US with no phone, no bank account, no credit, no family, no friends and no job. I know different. I, I know what it is to, to be in this place. What, 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 what am I doing? I haven't, I, 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 what would, what, where, it's different. But if you don't know how to navigate new ground, you start to freak out. And then when you start freaking out, you open the door to fear and doubt and unbelief. And you start to question where is God in this just because it's uncomfortable. But you learn something in that season of uncomfortable about what it is to trust God like never before. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.